heart of the Oregon wine country, you're listening to Season 5 of the Wine Crush Podcast. Stories uncorked for casual wine enthusiasts around the world, featuring winemakers from the Willamette Valley. Sponsored by Country Financial. From origin stories to terroir, here's your host, Heidi Moore. Hey everybody, welcome to Wine Crush. We are stop six of our Idaho road trip and sitting here with Tim with Hat Ranch. You've dressed nicely today. Yesterday when I saw you, the tractor had broke, the pickup had broke, there was a flat tire on the gator and you were dressed in your farmer chic. So you uh-huh. you clean up well. Oh, thank you. Wow. Well, I wanted to present well, but yes, some days are more dirt than diamonds, but you deal with that as it happens to you. It's the beauty of being a farmer and also a business owner and all that stuff. You never know when it's going to hit the fan. Yeah. And then other people don't understand that always. And so sometimes it's like they want you to do stuff on a certain schedule. And you're like, I got my schedule that I got to do. <laughs> Hence <laughs> to- why you are here now and not in an hour or yesterday, because this is when we could get you to hold still for a half hour and mm. tell the Hat Ranch story. True. Yes. True. So let's, uh, I uh, was reading your bio today because you and I have passed in the wind a couple times when I've been over here and chit-chatted and did barrel tasting and, but never really talked about your story a whole lot. So I was eavesdropping on you just a little bit today and you have a really cool background. So let's uh, start kind of how, not only Hat Ranch and where that came from, because that has a really cool history, but then also how you got into the wine industry and where you're at now. Uh, Ooh, that covers a lot of ground. Okay. You got 20 uh, minutes. Go. <laughs> ready, set, go. Let's see. Hat Ranch was a name taken from uh, a letterhead of my great grandparents' sheep and cattle company in Wyoming. The symbol and the label is the brand, the actual brand. I have the branding irons hanging in my tasting room, which That's cool. we point to people. And we have temporary tattoos. If you want to get branded for a day or two, Ooh, with we'll have to get ranch. branded later because we're going to go up to the okay. tasting room. You are when we're done and with this. Like, yeah, it's, you we know, will you, be taking you some can branding wash it off pictures. at the end of the day. Yeah. See, we were talking tattoos earlier, and that they needed to basically get me a tattoo before we left Idaho. So hmm. this is going to be a happy. You can medium. get a temporary one yes. and just like maybe wash it off later. Try it out. Yes. Okay. I'm, so I'm, anyway, that was the brand, and um, gosh, uh, they that. Existed for 60 plus years from about 1902. They were pioneers, like literally stuck the flag in the ground and claimed the ground back when, you know, land was free. And uh, they farmed and ranched it for 60 years and then it kind of fell apart. And then uh, I wanted to bring it back as a family name and bring back the label and the brand. It's a simple label. It's a simple brand, but I love the symbolism of it. I just, I, yeah, if you know me, you know that I like brands, labels, and things that are artsy-fartsy. So mm-hmm. I've always liked this because I met Will, I think, three or four years ago. Originally, I'd come to talk to him, mm-hmm. and he introduced me to Hat Ranch. I think you were busy and not around that day, which— Probably the tractor broke. Probably the tractor <laughs> broke, and yeah. You had hydraulic oil all over no, your no, you something. know clothes, something like that. But anyhow, I just—when I was reading this morning, I'm like, oh, what a cool story. Like, the whole pioneering story is so awesome. And then— how and why you brought it back was just, it's pretty... Um, I thought I was going to start my journey in Washington, but uh, my aunt and uncle who live in Eagle uh, said, hey, we got wine in Idaho. And uh, I came over here and I tried some of the stuff and I was like, this is nice. This is 06, 07. 
Uh, and everybody is doing such a good job with their wines around here. It's a really collaborative industry. I mean, everybody that we work with is, you know, we'll hug it, you know, out when we see each other, but we're so darn busy, every one of us. But, you know, when we get together, it's, I don't think there's any that kind of weird uh, friction that maybe exists in some other wine regions of the country. Vibe. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's it's been it's just come as you are. That you know, that's the Idaho wine kind of mantra and just come as you are, check it out, see what's going on. See if you find something you like, you know. So your story, if I remember or understood right, was you were a pilot. I was. You had a aeronautical engineering degree. Is that the right term? Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, I escaped from the Ohio State University with an aerospace engineering degree. And I'm pretty sure my professors thought it was a good idea that I never engineered anything because I probably would have divided by zero somewhere and that <laughs> wouldn't have been good. <laughs> so yeah, I just flew uh, Air Force uh, 10 years active and then um, 14 in the Air Force Reserves and taught a lot of a lot of young men, how to, and young ladies too, how to fly. And hopefully they're out there doing what they're supposed to be doing these days. Are you still flying? Nope. Nope. I got a tractor. You got a tractor <laughs> it, I'd like to say that it's safer, but I don't really know if it's that much safer. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe cheaper. Less, mm, maybe yeah. cheaper maintenance, less yeah, maintenance. I scratch that itch and I'm done with that. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, um, yeah, but it's an interesting um, place where you started and how then you ended up in Idaho of all, yeah, of all places, Idaho. So where did, where did you, um, were you always a wine drinker no. and lover or where did that start? Mm, that started, uh, ooh, there was a woman involved. There's always a woman involved. <laughs> Every great story starts with there was a woman involved. And where did it go from there? I learned about wine, and then all of a sudden I was uh, planning things in my backyard, doing wine kits, and I made some really bad wine. And then I decided I better learn something about this. And so I started taking classes in Texas with a couple great mentors, uh, people who taught me, you know, how to get ahead or at least not, you know, lose everything you have in the wine business and a couple of great people. Yeah. Who taught me how to grow and how to make wine and just came up to Idaho and figured out that like, you know, there's land that's available and there's people who are going to help you out if you have a bad day. And so it was a very collaborative environment up here. And so that's how I got here. So let's talk about the state a little bit. Um, so you're in you're in the Caldwell area in the Sunny Slope region, correct? Right. Yeah. So how many acres are you farming then? I have nine acres total. I farm six. One of my mentors told me that that's all that you need for one person. It's a lot. It's um, a lot. Yeah. People think, and we've talked about this several times on the show, but people think that growing a vineyard is romantic. Yeah. You just don't throw out easy, the seed. <laughs> and And that you just let it go. And then like the grapes drop off and then- They make themselves into They make wine. themselves into a bottle of wine and it's, yeah. and it's cheap. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. And, you know, just it's inexpensive. Mm, All not so much. heavy myths. Yes. So six acres, one person, that's still a lot for one person. Yeah, it is. Are you, but are I, you I, really a one-man band? Supplemental help in pruning season and in picking season. Yeah. 
it's like having a wild child a good part of the year, constantly trying to keep them kind of in line and hurting cats, it seems like sometimes. Hey, grapes are needy little so-and-sos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Certain times of year, they need what they need. Yeah. So what do you have planted out there? I have uh, muscat otnil, which has been one of my most successful Things we make a dry moscato out of that, which has uh, taken on a life of its own. Our customers and our clients ask for it every year. I have a Cabernet Franc, which usually goes into a rosé, like a Provence-style rosé, off-dry. I have Tempranillo that gets blended with other grapes that we buy from other local uh, producers. I did have Sauvignon Blanc because my dear aunt, uh, Patty, loves Sauvignon Blanc and I wanted to plant it for her. And But it just it didn't work at my sites. I had to replant it into Pinot Grigio and Grunerveld liner. So we'll have some Pinot Grigio this year from the vineyard. Interesting. What an interesting mix because most of that's, they're white grapes for the most part, uh, rather uh, than the Cab. Cabernet Franc was, I thought, was going to be a... You know, a red, we, we've made it into red some years, but mostly it works better as a rosé. Got it. And then let's go back to the Moscato one. I've not heard of that before. It's Muscat Otnel. It's in kind of an Eastern European varietal. There's lots of varieties of Moscato. I'm learning that because I know there was like a Moscato like Blanc that we talked mm-hmm. about. Muscat yesterday. Blanc, yep. Muscat, uh, gosh, Orange Muscat. There's many different kinds. This is a, uh, it's been hardy mm-hmm. in it. It, uh, if Idaho winters give us some unpleasant news, uh, it makes it through. So snow, ice, freezing temperatures, it, it sticks it out and it's, it's it comes right back. It's been okay. Yeah. yeah. It's been better than some of the other varieties. Yeah. And then you have your tasting room up there, so yes. which has the brands and everything, which we are going to visit later today. So we can really get a good feel for the the vibe up there and take some pictures and drink some wine, I think. So if we have some time for that. Good. Let's talk wine because you have, you have two different brands. I do. And let's talk about both of those and why you have the second one. Okay. Well, the Hat Ranch brand was, of course, the original name of my, you know, my heritage. With my great grandparents, and the and Vale was a uh, fellow that started that brand, Vale Wine Company. It's Vale, Oregon, V A L E, not V A I L, like not Vale, Vail, Colorado. No, yep, no, Vale, Oregon. And if you've been to Vale, Oregon, which I have, mm-hmm. it's small. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, they had a little vineyard over there, and I think that it didn't work out as well as you know one could hope. And so I bought this uh, Vale brand from my mentor. One of my mentors is John Danielson, which I need to acknowledge him. Thank you, John. He set us on the path and he showed me how to care about the wine and take care of it and uh, make sure that we got it into the bottle at the right time. And, you know, especially the reds in particular. White wines are really kind of my passion, but, you know, our reds reds are good too. So we bought the brand and we wanted to keep it. It's a little complicated. Hat Ranch is anything that we grow ourselves. It's blends. It's if I, somebody calls me and they have a, you know, two tons of something different. And I was like, heck yeah, I'll take it. And then Vale's your classic international varietals, Syrah and Cabernet and Chardonnay and just Merlot, just all the, anything you could see on a wine list anywhere in the world. So more the the classics, more, Mm -hmm. you know, the, Mm -hmm. the straightforward where Hat Ranch 
is going to be kind of your experimental, no rules for the most part, kind of whatever you feel like brand. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, I do that. And then the, you know, and, and if I grow up myself, then it goes under the Hat Ranch label. Got it. That makes sense. So let's talk about the things that are going into Hat Ranch. Because I know when I was over there um, a couple months ago, I think we were doing Chardonnay tasting out of the barrels because you guys were getting ready maybe to bottle that or something. And after hearing your grape lineup, it makes sense that you are you are a white wine passion guy. Yeah. I was, uh, let's see, honored slash embarrassed about this last fall's Idaho wine competition in which apparently the two leading white wines were a competition between the Dry Moscato, which won double gold, and the Vale oaked, oaky version of the Chardonnay, classic Chardonnay, whether which white wine was going to win the competition or which one was going to be the best white wine. And so, and they were uh, both yours. Yeah, they were both mine. And the uh, wine judge who I know well, great Northwest wine, Mr. Eric Degerman, great guy, he suitably embarrassed me in front of all my people, all the all the industry people, and well, honored me at the same time. So it was it was awful nice. And I was like, Eric, damn you, man. <laughs> are all of those like blind, <clears throat> like blind tastings as far as? They are. They are. Okay. I figured they probably were in that way. There's no, you know, like favoritism or anything I like that. I think when they get to the best of show, I think everybody knows who's making what. But I, I, yeah. I don't know. That'd be a question for Eric. Maybe he could come on to podcast. I, yeah, I don't know him. You never... You never know who I'm going to run into next and, <laughs> and who might, you know, want to step into the hot seat. So which wine won? Let's see. The, the Vail Chardonnay was the best white wine in this last last May Idaho wine competition. It's a pretty big honor. And I would assume that it's, you know, it's one of those things you kind of hang your hat on and go, I did a good job this year. Well, I did a good job thanks to my growers. Thanks to Will, my assistant wine maker, and thanks to the people who sell the wine in the tasting room. It's it's a team effort. It's always nice to hear that too. And and I think with the wine industry, you do hear a lot of that appreciation for the surrounding staff and the people that yeah. you work with. It's not an eye show. It's, you know, it's not all me, me, me. It's you have to give well, that and if you don't, I think give the accreditation where it's deserved. You're right. You could get screwed the next year by people not wanting to work with yeah. you and giving you the best fruit. You and, told me there'd be no cussing and you just said screwed. I did not say there was not going to be any cussing <laughs> because I have a tendency to probably have the foulest mouth of everybody. And so especially okay. when I, I screw I flew something with fighter up. pilots. <laughs> I grew up a farmer's daughter and I'm married to a construction worker who grew up as a logger. So I've been around a rough crowd my entire life. And mm. I try to not have a complete and total foul mouth, but sometimes it slips. I, I, I'm very good with my adjectives and my adverbs and how to use mm -hmm. them. Um, and if you're having a day where the tractor doesn't start and the battery's flat and the tire's screwed up, you're like, there's... A there's a lot out. of shit that happened that day. A lot of, yes. Yeah, you know, yes. it just comes out. Yeah, like colorful, um, colorful language to explain your frustration. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, anything else we should know about you? Hmm. I think you're an interesting guy that's hiding things that we should know. Hmm. 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 Let's see. I have a big lab, seventy-five pounds of lab love coming at you, Hawk. Is I inherited he, him. Is he at the tasting room? He is. He, he makes appearances every now and then. He's like the vineyard dog. Everybody needs a good vineyard dog. He does a good vineyard dog. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a good boy. 
comes gotcha. out and he gets requests um, from some of the tours. They hear about Hawk and everybody wants to meet Hawk. So it's kind of a big deal. He doesn't is, know it. Thankfully. Is he the famous one of the two of you? I think more. I think he probably yes. gets more mileage than I do. And you inherited him from? I inherited from my son, who was a, he's a firefighter, uh, and he went back to Wildland, and so hard to have a dog. Yep, for sure. But he's been a great little addition to the farm, and he loves riding on the gator, and he he's figured out how to ride in the tractor too. Oh, see, there you go. There's video. There, you should be taking video. That's there's like, like should be like a hawk blog, you know, like today have... I rode in the tractor <laughs> do, and killed some weeds or something, you know. <laughs> do they have like an Idaho wine dog thing? That's like a big thing in Oregon. Is that they yeah. have the Oregon wine dog calendar? And Maybe there should be. That, there should. Be. I think we should do it, and we should um, start it, and we should do it for a good charitable cause. I think that's a great idea. My causes are kind of vets because I'm a vet myself. Uh, diabetes, and Alzheimer's. There we go. Those are all three very different, but very necessary and needed um, active, I don't even know the right word for it. Thanks, so if you're writing me to, for free wine, it better be about one of those three things. There okay. you go. Note to self. Note to self. Yes. <clears throat> and then uh, you and I can collaborate on the the Idaho wine dog calendar. We're having an Alzheimer's walk in September. Where is that? Out at the, yeah, out at the ranch? Yeah, you walk up and down the vineyard. It's really dumb, but we just do that just because we're walking. Do you do it every year? Uh, it's been evolving as a mostly yearly thing. I think third year now, but I'm committed because it's in my family. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, awesome. September 24th, maybe. I can't remember. Okay. Let's uh, talk about where people can find you to buy the wine. Tasting room is best. Okay. Open every day, 12 to 5, except Labor Day, Memorial Day, July 4th, Thanksgiving, or Christmas Day, or New Year's Day. And you're closed all those? Uh, yes. And then socials? We are on hatranchwinery.com is the best way to get a hold of us. Facebook, some. We have a lot of direct uh, word-of-mouth advertising. Everything's sold you know, out of the tasting room. Within Idaho, mostly. We have a small out-of-state wine club, but not a lot. Mostly it's people who have been here and have had to move away, and they just want the wine, and they you know, they miss it. That's always a good problem. I mean, to have somebody that is so devoted and loves what you do that they want it, even if they've moved yeah. out of state and away from you to where it's not convenient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, those are good things sure. to know. And then what is something that you have coming up that's exciting, like new wines, knew something that we should know. Like, give us a sneak peek. Like Sneak a peek is, sneak peek. Um, let's see. We just, in the last two days, have bottled 2020 Cabernet Sauvignon and 2020 Syrah, which are probably some of the best wines I've ever made. And together with Will, I cannot, you know, it's his team effort. So um, what I, makes I'm really so looking special? super good year in the vineyard. I can only do so much in the winery. You know, it depends on the growers. And thank you, uh, Winemakers LLC, and thank you, Dale Jeffers, for doing such a good job with it. Because um, if it comes into the winery that way and you're like, oh, this is going to be easy, you know. Sometimes you just see the fruit and you go, that's going to work this year. And it's going to be good. It can be 18 months till it gets in the bottle, but it's still going to be good. And so it was... The day of glory was two days ago. So when is that going to hit the 
a tasting room. Oh, November. Once it goes in the bottle, we like to wait three, maybe six months before it Let it settle down a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So is bottle shock a real thing? I don't know. They say it is. It's a movie, so. Yeah. (laughs) It must be. (laughs) Is it a movie? Is there really a movie or a show called Bottle Shock? Oh, come on. You have seen that movie I have not. We're going to watch it together. I seriously watched Sideways for the first time like two or three years ago, and I've now watched it twice because I needed to. If you're in the wine business, Bottle Shock, Sideways, and Under the Tuscan Sun is required viewing once per year. Okay, we're going to have to have a date because I've not seen Under the Tuscan Sun either, and I know that has your favorite actress lady in it, so. Oh, God. Yeah, you're, you're bringing the wine. I'll bring the popcorn. Okay. Okay. Okay, we're going to end it right there because we've now made a date for the next time I'm in Boise and we're going to watch movies and eat popcorn. I think you should set up a, a movie theater in the like the vineyard or by the tasting room. We could, we could have like a little event. We could have movie nights. Yes. That's not a bad plan. I think it's a good idea. We'll find a white wall and just do the projector thing. Or a sheet. That'd work too. Yes. Okay, we came up with all kinds of new ideas, so... We'll, uh, we'll put something on the calendar, and I, I'll take partial credit for that. <laughs> Thanks, Tim, for taking time out of your busy schedule and Thank your tractor-fixing you. expeditions and everything else you got going on. And um, we'll see you next time around. Thank you. Yes. Yes.